Welcome to the Liberty Cast, where we do our best to trigger the American communists with facts and common sense. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Big E. And uh, I don't know, there, there might be a few things we want to talk about, uh, talk about this week. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her Green New Deal resolution. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. And uh, some reaction to the State of the Union. Uh, I put something up on, uh, on the LibertyCast.net, um, my, my initial thoughts and reactions. And there's a few other things I want to talk about, so we'll get into that. And uh, if there's time left after, uh, after that, because there's a lot to unpack in those two subjects alone, uh, I'll get into some two-way stuff and, uh, and some other things if we have some time. So uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. And here we go! Green New Deal or Green New Disaster? I mean, seriously. Now, I, I read the, the resolution for the Green New Deal when it dropped, and it is an incoherent mess. It runs about 14 pages. It could easily have been 10 or less because so much of it um, was redundant. But I kept hearing people talk about how she wanted to eliminate air travel and get rid of cows. And I was thinking, yeah, much of what was in that resolution can be interpreted that way. But I was hearing people say that she actually spelled this out. I was like, I, I read it two or three times before I... Uh, decided to go ahead and look for where they were getting this because it just didn't make any sense to me because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a moron. But I didn't think she was stupid enough to to lay something like that out, to, to put out getting rid of cows and air travel and and all that nonsense. So I went looking and I found a link to uh, an FAQ page but it turned out that page had been taken down. And once you read it, you'll understand why. Because this is the internet age. You put something out there, it's out there to stay. So keep that in mind the next time you want to post that selfie you took when you were hammered at the bar, okay? Just FYI. But um, I found a PDF of the FAQs, and it was everything that I had been hearing. The resolution, like I said, was a mess and clearly influenced by her, but it wasn't written by her. These FAQs, they were most definitely written by her. And it actually does talk about getting rid of farting cows. And um, I mean, this woman, I, I just don't understand it. I posted a video of her questioning some people uh, in a hearing about campaign finance reform. And my caption said that, her questioning was a sad commentary on the state of our education system, a system of which I'm a, a product, by the way. But these FAQs expand on that commentary. It's, it's just it's, it's really sad. Because there, there, there are ways to express yourself. There are ways to express what she was trying to say in this document without sounding like a complete idiot. 
but she just does not seem capable of that. It, she, she doesn't even try. You've met those people, haven't you? You met those people who try to use those, those big words to make themselves sound smarter or more educated than they actually are. She doesn't even do that. Not that it would fool anybody if she did, but at least she'd be putting in some effort and showing us that she actually recognizes her limitations and she's limited, believe me. But um, so let's talk about some of the things that, that these FAQs address, because there is so much there's, there's just so much. I'm not going to get to it all. I mean, there's no time. But uh, but one of the things that stood out, obviously, is that she wants to provide economic security for all who are unable or unwilling to work. Yes, unwilling. It actually says that. I, I don't really need to elaborate on that, do I? I'm going to anyway, because I, I just cannot let that slide. Because it's, it's ridiculous. If you're not willing to work at a job, you get fired. If you're not willing to work in life, why is it my responsibility to support you? Not the government. It's the taxpayers. It's people like you and me that are going to end up supporting somebody like that. I mean, come on. On that, uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, Tucker Carlson had a law professor from Cornell University by the name of Robert Hockett on his show the other day. Now, this guy consulted with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the Green New Deal. And um, during that interview, he flat out lied. Now, in my first uh, in my first round of notes preparing for this show, I was all set to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a law professor and he clearly had no hand in, in writing this FAQ twaddle. But I do like to check things out and see if anything changed or if there's anything breaking that I should include in the podcast. What I found was that he actually admitted that Tucker was right, but claimed to not know the FAQ document existed. Please. He absolutely knew. There's no way he didn't know. He consulted on the resolution, so he saw all the drafts. He saw all the notes. He knew that language was in there, and he lied. He lied because he knew that it was ridiculous and no one would go for it. Now, I believe that the, the doctor document to which he refers are some tweets by Mark Dice where he inserted some. In fact, let's just listen to this and then we'll uh, then we'll get back to it. Professor, thanks very much for coming on. So can I ask the obvious question? Why would we ever pay people who are, quote, unwilling to work? Uh, I we we never would. Right. And, and AOC has never said anything like that. Right. I think you're referring to some sort of a document that some I think some doctored document that somebody other than us has been circulating. Oh, I thought that came right from her. That was in the background or from her office is my understanding. No, no. She's actually tweeted it out to laugh at it. If you look at her latest tweets, it seems that apparently some Republicans have put it out there. I don't know. The oh, well, details. good. Well, then then thank you for correcting me. I mean, because yeah. <laughs> it seemed a little ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as the idea that we're going to build enough light rail to make 
airplanes unnecessary, which I think actually is from uh, the I don't, I, I don't know where you got that either, Tucker. I, I actually believe that you're actually on our side about this. If you actually read the actual plan, right? There's nothing about well, getting I rid have. of anything. It's about expanding menu options, right? I mean, there are many, many things we want to be able to do now in addition to what we already do. So, what's, so where's the airplane disappearance coming from? I'm not really clear on where that um, originated. Well, I could actually get it for you. This is that would be great. Uh, frequently asked questions that. released by her office. And I'm quoting from it. And yeah, maybe yeah. this maybe this is fraudulent. In which case, I hope you'll correct me. Mm -hmm. But it says that the Green New Deal would, and I'm quoting, totally overhaul transportation, and that would mean quote building out high-speed rail at a scale where air travel would stop becoming necessary. So not only did he lie about the government paying people unwilling to work, but he also lied about the light rail system that that they proposed and I use that word lightly, in order to make air travel obsolete. I mean, what? But I think Professor Hockett was referring to a series of tweets sent out by Mark Dice where he tweeted out uh, sections of this Green New Deal where he uh, altered them to include some equally ridiculous provisions like a massage chair and making sure farmers and ranchers had adequate supplies of Brondo and if you've seen um, if you've seen the movie Idiocracy, you get the the Brando reference. And the word adequate was also misspelled, which was pretty funny. He also he mentioned there was a a provision in there about about males urinating in milk jugs. I mean, it's <laughs> it was it, it was pretty silly. But the page uh, to the FAQs was actually taken down. Uh, but I'm going to put a link to the archive document up on the libertycast.net so you can see that this actually was a page on her official.gov website. And like he mentioned, uh, she talks about building a light rail system to make air travel unnecessary. I mean, th this, this reads like a high school project where the student needed to fill some space and just pulled some nonsense out of their butt. And I can say that because I did that when I was 16. But this is a 30-year-old woman elected to public office. So do better than a 16-year-old, would you? She wants to lead the world in reducing emissions by uh, carbon emissions by 2030. Hey, uh, Representative Cortez, guess what? Newsflash, we already do. So even if the United States got to zero carbon emissions in 11 years and switched completely to renewable energy, we still have to deal with China and India. But not only that, the technology just doesn't exist. Listen to what Daniel Turner from Power the Future has to say about it. The technology doesn't exist right now. And I'm optimistic. We may get there one day, but right now, Here's a case in point. The largest solar farm in the nation does not produce enough kilowatts to power the New York City subway system. And that farm is 4,000 acres, which is five times the size of Central Park. So when Representative Ocasio-Cortez says we're going to power the entire country on renewables, there just isn't the land to, to come up with the solar farm or the wind necessary to have these renewables. Now, just to put that in perspective, the largest solar farm in the country produces 579 megawatts of power. Now that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Well, that is enough to power 255,000 homes. There are 127 million homes in the United States. 
So yeah, we have a long, long way to go. But getting back to the carbon emissions, China and India are two of the worst offenders and they show no signs of slowing down. I mean, from, from 2007 to 2017, the only countries shown to reduce their carbon emissions are the United States, Germany, the UK, and Japan. And here in the United States, we reduced our emissions by as much as those other countries combined. While China and India increased theirs by three times the amount that we reduced ours. So on a global scale, we're doing our part. And to, to try and, and, and rush the technology, to, to try and, 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 and force the government to, to do this to us just doesn't make any sense. We can develop the technology over time and do other things to, to, to reduce our carbon footprint, but this is just ridiculous. Now, I know I've said in the past that we need to take Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez seriously, but this is not the work of a serious woman. Now, another thing that's mentioned throughout this nonsense is the term investment. If you've been paying attention, you've come to the understanding that whenever the left uses the word investment, what they mean is you and I are going to pay for it. And she doesn't just say investment. She uses the term massive investment a number of times throughout this document. I mean, it's a descriptor that an adolescent would use like tippy top. But when she says massive investment, what she means is you and I are going to pay a massive amount. Now, I'm not editorializing. The, the, this is, I'm, I'm quoting, the, these are the words that she's using in this FAQ document. So you and I are going to pay a massive amount towards a railway system to Hawaii, uh, retrofitting every existing building to be energy efficient. And they don't define building, so I'm going to go ahead and say that that includes your house and my house tearing down buildings that can't be retrofitted to build new ones that are, I mean, come on. Now, this document also says that nuclear power is not on the table. Not only is it not on the table, but it's included as one of the energy sources off of which we should transition. I'm not a nuclear scientist, obviously, so I can only speak to it with the kind of authority that, uh, someone who's read a few articles while prepping for this show can can speak on it. But it seems to me that if greenhouse gases are the main concern, we should at least have a conversation about increasing our production of nuclear power while we develop reliable, renewable energy sources. Now, just so we're clear, I'm not against transitioning to renewable energy or doing what we have to do to be uh, a net zero carbon emission state. But what I am saying is that trying to do it in 11 years when the technology to do it doesn't exist is the stuff of a utopian pipe dream of a high school student. I mean, I, I, I could go on, but I, I think you get the idea. Okay, I went, uh, I went way long on that segment. I, I think that's the longest segment I've ever done on the Liberty Cast. So uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we get back, uh, we'll talk about uh, the State of the Union Address.
Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. Now, I know it's been just about a week uh, since the State of the Union, but this is the first show that I've done since then. Uh, I wrote a piece and posted it up on the LibertyCast.net, but I wanted to expand on that for a minute. The left really showed their asses during the State of the Union address. Now, we all know that they're going to pose everything he does, regardless of whether or not they agree with him. But that just shows that they're unprincipled. I think you can gather that uh, I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a terrible representative and should never have been elected. The same is true for a majority of Congress, both on the left and the right, let's be honest. But it's especially true in her case. But there's actually been some things that she said that I agree with. And, and I've said so publicly. I've said so on this, on this podcast. She said once that the taxpayers in New York should not subsidize Jeff Bezos and Amazon's new headquarters. And she was absolutely right. He's the richest man in the world. The taxpayers shouldn't have to subsidize anything he does. And during the shutdown, she said that um, Congress should not get paid while the government was shut down. She was right about that. I can't remember if I actually mentioned that on a podcast or not, but it's true. And I'm, I'm saying it now. Now, I can't stand the fact that she got elected and I can't stand the policies for which she's advocating. But when she has a point, I'll say so, because the fact that I don't like her politics doesn't mean that I'm going to abandon my principles just to disagree with her. But there, there are some things that the left and the right used to be able to agree on, which is why their refusal to stand and clap for some of these things was so, so striking. So let's, let's take a look at some of the things that they refused to, to clap for or stand up for. Uh, wages rising for blue-collar workers. Everybody should be for that. Everybody should clap for that. They didn't. Low unemployment rate uh, among minorities, the disabled, and women. Everybody should clap for that. They didn't. The Congressional Black Caucus didn't didn't stand or applaud when when the president pointed out that the lowest unemployment ever recorded for black people uh, happened uh, under his watch. And something I'm very proud of, African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. Nothing. I mean, come on. The middle class being more prosperous? Nothing. We can make our community safer, our family stronger, our culture richer, our faith deeper, and our middle class bigger and more prosperous than ever before. Being the the largest producer of oil and natural gas, a net exporter of energy. They didn't clap for that. And I thought being energy independent was a universally accepted goal by the left and the right. But now that we are, nothing. When uh, the president acknowledged an ICE agent who saved hundreds of women and girls from sex traffickers, nothing. ICE Special Agent Elvin Hernandez. Thanks to his work and that of his incredible colleagues, more than 300 women and girls 
have been rescued from the horror of this terrible situation. And more than 1,500 sadistic traffickers have been put behind bars. And a, a lot of the leftist women were dressed in white in support of women. And you can't clap for women being rescued from a sex trafficking operation. I mean, what is wrong with you? I mean, no one in their right mind could think that these things were not worthy of applause. And you know damn well that if Obama had touted some of these things as successes of his administration, they'd still be clapping. Now I know what you're thinking, but, but Big E, the Republicans never clapped for Obama during his State of the Union addresses. Now I didn't watch all eight of his addresses, but the ones that I did watch, I don't recall him saying anything that a conservative could possibly endorse with applause. Maybe he did, maybe he did, I don't know. But I can't think of any. I mean, Obama is a socialist through and through. And, and let's not forget, conservatives, we were very leery of Trump. A lot of us voted for him because he wasn't Hillary. I mean, he, he's, he's held some very liberal views up until he took office. So the fact that he's actually governing from such a conservative posture is, is kind of shocking. I, I wasn't expecting it. And, and I know that a lot of people were not expecting it. But even so, he's, he's still doing things that would have universal appeal if his name wasn't Donald J. Trump. Obama had no interest in reaching across the aisle, and it showed. Trump, on the other hand, it, it pretty much comes natural to him because, as I said, he's held a lot of these liberal views for such a long time. He just realizes that his conservative base is better for the country. Okay, let's switch gears here for a second. There's a few other things I want to touch on before we get you out of here. So New Mexico is the, the latest state to introduce legislation uh, aimed at taking guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. They have some laws in the state legislature right now that uh, have come become pretty standard lately for trampling on our constitutionally protected rights. Thankfully, there are some sheriffs in New Mexico who are vigorously opposing these bills. House Bill 83 uh, would allow law enforcement to temporarily seize guns from people considered an imminent threat. Red flag law. House Bill 87 uh, prohibits people subject to a protective order from buying guns. That's already uh, a federal law, so I mean, this is redundant. House Bill 130 penalizes gun owners who don't store guns safely around children. I mean, okay. Senate Bill 8 requires background checks for private firearm sales. I'll get into why these are terrible ideas another time. But last week, I talked to you about the laws in Washington state. And these bills in New Mexico are basically the same. In Washington, though, 
27 of 39 counties opposed those bills. In New Mexico, there are 33 counties and 29 of those sheriffs voiced opposition to these bills. Sheriff Lee Helton said that, and I'm quoting, I'm proud to say that I am a constitutional sheriff and I'm just not going to enforce an unconstitutional law. My oath prevents me from doing that. Well said, Sheriff. Like I said, 29 out of the 33 counties, so all but four of the county sheriffs signed a statement that reads in part, you're just taking guns out of law-abiding citizens' hands. This is not going to affect the criminals out there. They're going to be able to get guns and they do not follow the law. End quote. Which is what we've been saying all along. Now, it used to bother me that these people could ignore something so blatantly obvious. I've known for a long time intellectually that it's about control. But I've actually recently just internalized it to the point where I know that the American communists are not against guns because of the harm they can inflict in the wrong hands. They want our guns because without them, they know they got you. And when they have all the guns, they can control you and there's nothing you can do about it. These sheriffs are choosing to uphold their oaths of office and the Constitution of the United States. And for that, I applaud them. And I think when they do find the stones to actually come out and say and attempt to take guns, that they're going to find a lot more people like these sheriffs than they anticipate. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not something that I am advocating for. It's not something that I want. But, like I said, I have internalized the fact that they want control, which means they're not going to stop until they get it or they're stopped. Now, speaking of power and doing anything to get it, um, and I'm going to get you out of here on this, but I came across this piece in the Epoch Times about the Electoral College. It's a quick read. I'm going to put a link up uh, on the libertycast.net. I encourage you to read it because it talks about the left's effort to get around the Electoral College. Now, according to a group called the National Popular Vote, NPV, they are pushing a proposal that, quote, would guarantee the presidency to the candidate who receives the most popular votes in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, end quote. Now, as it stands, uh, the electors in 48 states give all of their votes to uh, the candidate who wins the popular vote in that state. The exceptions are Nebraska and Maine. Uh, They use a a formula based on votes in congressional districts, and I'm not exactly sure how that formula is calculated, but uh, they do do it a little differently. But, uh, But Colorado has already passed this legislation in the Senate, it has yet to pass the House. We'll see how that goes. But this is just an, an attempt to circumvent the Constitution. They can't seem to win the way the system was designed, so they want to change the system. And they can't win because their ideas suck. 
They're terrible. Taxing people at 90%, 70%. Getting rid of air travel. I mean, just, just so ridiculous. It doesn't... It, it's no wonder they can't stay in power. Now, the Republicans are terrible at communicating their better ideas, which is why the Democrats seem to win as often as they do. But that's just because as bad as their ideas suck, the Republicans suck at communicating their good ideas. Now, they know that an amendment to abolish the Electoral College would never pass. So they're going to try and get it done through the states. Now, I wonder, would they be trying this if Hillary or Gore had won their elections but lost the popular vote? I highly doubt it. I imagine they'd be singing the praises of the founders and their brilliance in designing the Electoral College if that had been the case. But alas, it is not, so here we are. All right, folks, we are out of time. If you uh, like what you hear, please subscribe. Yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify, SoundCloud, pretty much all of the, uh, all of the popular podcast platforms. Also, uh, feel free to hit me up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, it's at the Liberty Cast on all three platforms. I really look forward to hearing what you have to say. So until next time, keep your head on a swivel and stay safe, everybody.